Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. It's our first episode in a while where that's not pre-recorded, that will actually go up you know, within a week of being recorded and is in chronological order. So welcome back. And welcome back to Nicole, who is back from her travels to Hong Kong. She got back last week and Bangkok. She got back last week and while I was at Book Expo. So we have caught up briefly, but we have lots of bookish related things to catch up on. And I think that's what we're going to do. Like what we've been reading, chat with Gail a little bit about her experience at Book Expo And I'm sure we'll have a few more shows on that as she gets sorted through her book collection. And she can tell us all about what's going to be coming out over the summer and what she's looking forward to in the fall. Plus, I will update you on how how far or how not far on my list I got of my vacation reads because it just it was a different experience. It's funny. I read more books, I think, when I got back. Because I was jet lagged and I was basically up all the time. (laughs) So there were some days where I just read a book a day, but we'll get to all of that. I don't know. Where should we start? Gail, do you want to start with like, just give us an overall, like what was your overall experience BA? Give us your, your takeaway. Sure. So first of all, I missed you terribly because I didn't have my partner in crime I had to traverse back and forth to get from line to line and and deadline to book drop because I didn't have you to help tag team me. So you better be back in town next year. Don't have plans (laughs) to travel the last week of May. My impressions of Book Expo, it felt less crowded than it has in other years. I know I I say this every year. You do. But it just felt, yeah, it, it just felt like it did feel smaller. I feel like the big imprint, so like Hachette, Harper, Penguin, and Macmillan, I feel like they were giving out fewer books. Like there wasn't like just this embarrassment of riches like there have been in other years. And they were very timed. So you either had to like get a ticket for a later book drop or you you sort of knew exactly when things were coming out. I feel like in the past, you and I would like serendipitously come across piles of books. And this year, it just felt much more measured than in other years. I didn't see the enormous lines and it may have been that there weren't any huge, huge names there. There were a few celebrities. Um, Lupita Nyong'o was signing. I think it's a kid's book. Mm-hmm. She was signing, you know, there were some kids, some kids authors. There were, there were definitely some big names, but I mean, there've been years where I feel like there were like you know, four simultaneous like celebrity author signings with enormous lines happening at the same time. And I just didn't, I just didn't get that sense this year. I did get most of the books I was, I was, uh, had my eye on. I had made a pretty good list before I went. I missed out on a couple. I missed out on the new Emma Donahue and I missed out on the new Ann Patchett. But other than those two, I was able eventually to track down most of the stuff that I wanted. I did go to the Buzz panel and got six books from there, the editor's adult Buzz panel. Those look pretty good. And I went to our favorite, the book blogger Speed Dating, or I guess it's not book blogger, it's just Speed Dating, um, publicist Speed Dating. Had a lot of librarians and booksellers I thought, there. 
you think was it called book bloggers speed dating? In the no, past? it's a book club thing. Book club speed dating, right? It's by yeah. reading group guides. Yeah. And I don't know, like there, I, I didn't feel like there were a ton of amazing things there, but I of course managed to pick up a lot. So I'm looking forward to it. For me, my my top picks, I got to meet my hero, J. Ryan Straddle, author of Kitchens <laughs> of the Great Midwest. I fangirled all over him and I think he was a little scared, but I did get the, his new book, The Lager Queen of Minnesota and I have it in print. So I don't have to read it on um, e-reader, which I was unhappy about. Did he sign it picked for you? Up, he did. And I <laughs> handed him my card and he put it in his wallet. So that made me really happy. <laughs> and um, I picked up Miracle Creek and Ask Again Yes, which are big books of the summer that I'm looking forward to reading. I picked up Three Women, which is a book that I've wanted to read. I think we've talked about that on the show. Yeah, um, I've, want, I've wanted to read that as well. I got the new Elizabeth Strout book, which revisits Olive Kittredge. And I don't know if it's like extends past where Olive Kittred ends or what the deal is, but I, I managed to grab that one. There's a new Jennifer Weiner book out that is apparently really good that I, I've heard is more serious and sweeping than some of her prior sort of women's fictiony books. And I got that one and that was exciting. So, um, yeah, I'll be talking over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure about books I picked up at BEA and I sent you last night, I guess like 12 pictures of stacks of books. So you got to see what was there, but, um, yeah, it was good. I'm really glad I went. I always have a great time and it was just fun to be in that bookish world. I think that they're starting to, I think that BookCon is a lot bigger than it has been. It's now become a, a two day thing. So I think that publicists and the publishing houses are spreading their resources between those two events. And they concentrate a lot on ALA, I know, because I remember that Michelle Obama met, she was at ALA and she met with librarians and she was not at Book Expo. So I think that there are a couple of things that they're doing that Book Expo, I don't know if it has, not that it doesn't have the impact, not that it's not important. It always, they're planning it for next year and, you know, it has been around for so long. But I do think that there are other avenues that that publishers are exploring and other avenues that they're using to get out ARCs so that I, maybe it's just not as crucial as it has been in terms of for arcs and stuff. You know, I think maybe it's more for like the deal making. I think you're right. I also think that there are, I, I think that publishers are, like you said, diversifying the avenues through which they're distributing books. And I think bookstagram influencers and book clubs, Lots of and book club stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're, you know, they're not so reliant on book expo at all because book expo is the same kind of, narrow dynamic or narrow demographic of people who come every year. It's funny. I see the same people there every year. Well, it's a trade show, you know, I mean, it really is not like a, especially now that they have more avenues for distribution of, of ARCs. I think that it just doesn't have to be that as much so much as it's a trade show and networking and, you know, setting up meetings and having some face to face with, with people that they, you know, don't get to see. I also discovered something, Nicole, that you and I have never known about, which is that if you are part of the American Booksellers Association, you get your own private signings. So oh, I knew that. There was, oh, you knew that? Okay. I never knew that. 
And so like there was this one time I was walking by, it was like a happy hour, it was 4.30 on Thursday. And behind this curtained off area was this room with all these amazing authors in it signing books for much shorter lines. And you had to have an ABA badge to get in, which of course don't have. And I'd like to thank our readerly report listener, Kelly Masri, who does have an ABA badge and let me go in with her, which I really appreciated because when I said, oh, I'm with her, they were like, okay, you can come in. (laughs) So once I was in there, that's when I got the Jennifer Wiener book, which I had been shut out from. Um, I got to, Jenny Slate was there signing her book and my daughter's an enormous Jenny Slate fan. And so I actually got her to record a little video for my daughter, Alexa, which was the coolest thing which was on Instagram, like within five minutes. Um, cause my daughter was so excited and I picked up a few other books and got some nice close up photos. So like, that's a whole little world I didn't know about. So you and I are going to need to impersonate some booksellers next time so we can get into <laughs> these, these <laughs> exclusive events. So anyway, that's book expo. I'm so glad I went. My boxes showed up yesterday, which is amazing. Yesterday was Monday, and I left New York on Friday afternoon. So I think they show up sooner and sooner. Remember when we used to be like a week or yeah, seven to ten days or something like that. Yeah, it's really fast. I mean, I always get mine really fast when I ship because it's in New York. But I remember when there used to be um, when you wouldn't get yours for a while. Yeah, there was one year where they didn't come and then I couldn't track it. And it had turned out that they had like transposed two numbers in my address or something. And I was freaking out. And so now ever since then, whenever I ship the box, I make them like turn the monitor to me so that I can double check (laughs) that they, they're always very patient with me. I was like, I'm sorry. I had like a horror experience one year where like the box got lost. I mean, it eventually showed up, but I said, you know, you've spent hours like, picking and curating this list of books that you can never get anywhere else. And then to have the box come sitting is the worst. So anyway, so that's book expo. Why don't you tell us about what you've been reading on vacation? And then I can do the same about what I've read since you're gone. So I've really, <laughs> uh, everyone's making fun of me because I took so many books on vacation. Normally I would have <laughs> read them. This was a girl's trip. Like one of my girlfriends moved to Hong Kong in December. And so another of my girlfriends went with me and we, you know, it was sort of like a reunion. So we did so much. I feel like we did so much every day. I posted some of the pictures on Instagram. Uh, I finally stopped because I'm sure there's just like a billion pictures of, of mostly Hong Kong, I think, because I've been to Bangkok before. So I was able to slow down a little bit in Bangkok, but I really didn't read anything. I mean, I think half the time I was in Hong Kong. So by the tail end of my trip, we still had a few more things to do. Like we, I did a, um, a cooking class, which I had not done my first time around. And one of my friends wanted to do that. So I did that with her and that turned out to be fun. It's not something I normally would have done. Like I was sort of dreading it, but this cooking school was really good. I really liked our instructor and uh, it, it turned out to be fun. The traffic in Bangkok was insane. 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 Oh my gosh. It took us like three hours to get from the airport and something that should have t- taken, you know, what was should have been a 15 minute trip was more like an hour trip. 
So the traffic was something else. Um, we also went to one of my other friends really wanted to go to like the, the Labua tower where they have the bar that was in the hangover, (laughs) Uh the hangover movie. I think it was in the hangover part too. So she really wanted to go there. So we went there and there's like a picture of us on the rooftop. A drink there is like, I swear to God, it's like $30 for a drink. Oh my God. In Bangkok. It's like, this is ridiculous. They're really capitalizing on this, but you know, it's like, whatever we went and had two drinks. Getting out of here. And uh, so I really didn't do that much reading. I mean, by the time I finally checked into, there were three of us, but then one of my, my friend had to go back to Hong Kong. So we actually switched hotels since it was just the two of us. So I could stay at my favorite hotel in Bangkok, which is the peninsula. And so then I finally got a chance to do a little bit of reading. So I, I think I read like maybe three books on vacation. And they were all okay, really okay. short. So, so what did you read? So I read Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. It doesn't come out until September. That was really good. So I will talk about that probably a little bit later. And then I read Signet by Susan Butler, which was really good, but sort of sad, very low key. So that book was about, that is a book that is sort of set. I would say it's modern. It's, a little bit dystopian, but it really does feel like it is modern day United States where, you know, there's more storms and there's terrible things going on politically. And basically they call this group of people live off the coast of New Hampshire. And it's, it is like, I think in my description in the vacation thing, I had was trying to refrain from using it. Like it's an elderly community, but it really is like, they don't, want to let you live on this island basically until you are 70, 75. And it is about this young girl who she's 17. Her parents are having a hard time on the mainland, like finding work and finding stable housing. So they leave, they have permission to leave her. I think she's supposed to be visiting for two weeks. Her grandmother's at this community just so that they can get themselves together and they're going to come back for her, except for they do not come back for her. And she's there for more than two weeks. She's there for several months. And unfortunately, like her grandmother dies unexpectedly while she is not able to get in touch with her parents. And so there is resentment building towards the fact that she spent all this time in this elderly community when basically you have to have special dispensation to be there and they really don't want to be, reminded of youth in some ways. So it is her coming of age story, just like how she's managing to survive, like what her relationship was like with her parents and what her, what brought her, what brought her to live in this community, you know, her relationship with her grandmother, lots of themes of, of just loneliness and the loneliness of youth and the loneliness of aging. So it was a really interesting book. Like I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I don't know. If you're looking for something that is more upbeat or that is a fast moving book, then this is not the choice for you. It was really introspective. I don't know. It was, you know, not that it, it, it ended on a hopeful note in, in what she's able to discover and how she decides to, to approach the situation that she's in, but it's a little bit bleak. I remember you, this was on your summer reading. 
preview list. It was on my, was it? Or was it on the, I think it was on the books I was going to take on vacation list. Oh, maybe that's it. It's coming out June 25th. So if you're looking for a quieter, more introspective book, and if you like sort of dystopian, and maybe it is a little bit sad because so many things are recognizable about the mainland, which they call the bad place in the book. Like definitely if you like enjoy literary fiction and the more introspective dystopian type book, then I would, I would give this one a try. It's good. Okay. And then I also read her mother's, her daughter's mother, which is a thriller. And that was not on my list to read. And in fact, just because of the nature of traveling, I think I ended up reading that because it was easy to read on my Kindle app on my phone when I was places. And that's by Daniela Petrova. And let me see when this one comes out. It comes out June 18th. So it's about this woman. She is, she's having fertility issues. Her and her boyfriend, they are not married, I don't believe, have been trying to have a baby and it, it has affected their relationship. They've gotten to the point where they have decided that they are going to go with an egg donor and use his sperm because I think it's her who is having trouble getting pregnant. And as the book begins, he decides that them pursuing in vitro fertilization and, and trying to become parents has put too much strain on the relationship and has changed them so much that he wants to sort of take a break and regroup. And he does this like four days before she's supposed to be implanted with the two eggs that have managed to become fertilized. And of course this puts her in a tailspin, but she decides to go along anyway with the procedure and to become implanted with this egg. And somehow she, I mean, it's not an anonymous thing, like on her part, like she is able to see who has donated the egg and she has a profile of that person. And they manage to, like she sees her when she's taking the subway and she begins following her and they become friends, become involved in each other's lives. So of course it is a very tense situation and it becomes even tenser when this young woman disappears. So it's definitely a thriller. It's suspenseful. That's the dates I read this. Probably read it within a a few days. I mean, it's not one of these books that, yeah. Started reading May 23rd, finished May 25th. So Mm, in between my traveling and hanging out. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those books that you leave lingering because (laughs) you want to know what's going to happen. You know, when these two cross paths and then she disappears. And then, of course, she's trying to find out what's happened to her, her baby's mother. And it takes some very interesting twists and twists and turns. So it was a good one. 4.46 on Goodreads. I've definitely seen that one around. And it has a great title because it's like, wait, what? It's so confu- <laughs> yeah, so confusing. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So what have you been reading? All right. What have I been reading? So I've been humming along with the reading. Um, trying hmm. to think where you and I left off since in our yeah, last Yeah, I had to recording. look up. I mean, I've read a lot since that so we can go into a little bit more but i think we our last live recording or when we could have mentioned stuff was probably early very early may like may 5th all right well i've read a few in there did we discuss the body in question which i read no okay so the body in question comes out 
this right around now, sometime in the spring or early summer. It has a great premise. It's about this murder trial is happening in Florida. And the it's a kind of sensationalistic murder where this teenager is on trial for killing her her brother, toddler brother. And because <clears throat> this this um murder has gotten or alleged murder has gotten so much attention, the jury has to be sequestered. So there's a woman in now, her early 50s. This is the one 50s, about the affair, right? Right. So the one one of the jurors is a woman in her 50s. And she begins an affair with another juror who's a man in his 40s. And they're like staying in an Akana Lodge and they have to be sequestered and monitored at all times. But they manage to sort of have this affair. And it's about, you know, are they going to get caught? How does the affair impact their ability to sort of evaluate the evidence? And then it actually, the second half of it all takes place when the trial is over and they've gone back to their individual lives. It's not a very long book. I did it on audio. It was a great audio book. And it was narrated by Hilary Huber, who has this great raspy voice, and she was the perfect narrator for it. And it was a very uh, intriguing book, and I liked the detail and the, I don't know, I just liked how she handled it. It felt very realistic. And so I highly recommend that one. It was just very thought-provoking. What did you say? What was that again? The body, the body, the body in question. The body in and question. And the author is Jill Simant. Hmm. Actually, when did that come out? It comes out June eleventh, so a week from today. Next Tuesday, this book will be out. So go put your name on the library for that book. I re- I thought it was really good, and it's short. Like you could read this one. You would read this in a morning. Then I read the farm, which is. Uh, our book our club book. Book club book for an, I so I won't get into too much about that, but I read that uh, before Book Expo, and we're going to be discussing that in a few weeks. So let's table our discussion on the farm until we have that scheduled. And then I read Where the Crawdads Sing, which is my in real life book club book for this week. I have thoughts on crawdads. We're we're not doing a book club on that, are we? Nope. Crawdads, as everybody knows, is like the juggernaut book of this year, kind of a sleeper hit. And it does suck you in right away. It's a story about a girl living on the shores of North Carolina who has been abandoned by her family at the tender age of seven, who has to fend for herself and learn to survive as a social outcast and totally on her own. And she develops into a young woman and it's about her and the relationship she manages to develop and her relationship with the, her surroundings. She's a great appreciate appreciator of nature and what's around her. It takes place in the sixties, sixties and seventies. I think I got sucked in. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty good. And then I got like halfway done. And I was like, this book is kind of dumb. And I was <laughs> like, this plot is unrealistic and this would never happen. And I don't really trust what's going on, but then it, you know, then it turns into a little bit of a thriller murder mystery courtroom drama, courtroom drama, and you get sucked into that. And so I don't think it's a perfect book. I don't think it merits all the praise it's getting, but it was very readable and like, I could not put it down at the end. And I was like, well, damn it. (laughs) This book is, actually pretty like addictive. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's like, you know, necessarily great literature, although I really enjoyed kind of 
the language and the treatment of the earth and her, you know, this her surroundings. And I think it was well. So you did. Cause I had yeah, I did. the nature elements and you were a little like, Oh yeah. I was like, I was going to be about like birds and stuff, but she manages to like weave this into, you know, the birds and the, and the land it's part of the plot. Like that's, it's important for the story. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I'll probably, I haven't reviewed this yet. I'll probably give it a four star. I, I, I'm not like dying over it the way I feel like a lot of people are, but I'm, I'm glad I read it. And I'm kind of curious to see what my book club says about it tomorrow. Well, next and I know week, you read it. We, we old, after your book club discusses it, we can discuss it. We'll put it at the okay. end of the show so that we can have a spoilery discussion about it. So if you haven't read it, you won't have to be spoiled. So yeah, that's what we'll do. What, what was your general feeling about it? I thought the same. Like I really liked it, got sucked into it. Like you said, the nature writing, seeing how this young girl is making decisions and how to, how to live. It, it does get kind of fantastical. You know, there were some, mm-hmm. I feel like almost fairy tale elements to it with the relationships. Yes. It's sort of fa- fable-like. Yeah. Fable-like. Yeah. So in the beginning that didn't really bother me, but I think, I don't know, like the last two thirds of the book, I, right in there, things got very convenient. There are a lot of conveniences mm-hmm. that just sort of drove me crazy a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's one of those books that hangs together. It sucks you in. Like you said, you get into the courtroom drama, but I felt like it was just, it was so many things in one book that, you know, that, yeah. that so much was about nature and the relationships. And then all of a sudden it became something else, which the something else I enjoyed by itself, you know, like, but I don't know that. I don't know that it really transitioned as well. It was just sort of like, okay, I read this part and I was into it. And now it's sort of changed here and now it's something else, but it definitely is a compelling read. So I think yeah. it was the same, like 3.75, four, like it started out as a five and then it kind of dropped and then it kind of redeemed itself a little bit. <laughs> so here's my question for you. Did you read this in print or in on um, digital print? And will you keep the print? Sure. So this one will stay on your shelf? Yeah. Okay. It was good enough. I think I I feel the same way. That's usually a test for me these days because I've been really good about getting rid of books. So the fact that I'm going to keep this one, I think, is probably a a sign. Those are the most recent reads. I'm doing two things right now. I'm reading The Mother-in-Law, which is from St. Martin's Press. It's a thriller. It's definitely a thriller, a psychological thriller. The pages are flying by, and I'm eager to know what happened. Um, is so it a well-written of, thriller, or is it sort of like, yeah, just, yeah, I want to know what's happening? No, it is a well-written thriller. I'm going to put it in the same boat with uh, maybe like, um, kind of reminds me a little bit of like watching Edie, or, yeah, I mean, it's not like Girl on the Train. It's not like Edge of Your Seat. It's not like, what's the one that we read? a girl, the the woman in the window. It's not like that. It's not like consistent tension throughout the whole thing. It's more like there's a mystery that you want to unwrap that's Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's, it's relatively light. So I'm reading that right now, which we got sent, I got sent that book by our friends at St. Martin's press. So I want to thank them for that. And I'm happy to share that with you, Nicole, after I finish it. And it's got a beautiful cover 
which I really like. And then I'm listening on audio to a book called Forever is the Worst Long Time by Camille Pagan. And this is the second Camille Pagan book that I've requested from the library. And I can't remember the name of the first one. I remember I got the first one and I kind of flipped through it and I was like, I don't think I want to read this. And I returned it. And then somehow I learned about this book and I put it on the list. It's not, I don't think it's that new. And I'm, it came in at the library and then I decided I would do it on audio and I'm really enjoying it. And it's about this guy and his best friend has married this woman. And he basically like the day he meets his best friend's fiance, he like falls in love with her. So, you know, immediately this is going to be a love triangle book. And now we're like eight years in and the couple is married, but they're having problems. And it's kind of clear where this is going. Like probably this couple is going to break up. And then the, the, the narrator will have his chance to see what, what his life is like with her. One would assume. And, um, I don't know, I'm really liking it. It's, it's, I also not a terribly heavy read, but I like it a lot and it's good on audio. And so it's a pretty light read, but I'm eager to get back to it and I'm enjoying it a lot. And, you know, maybe I'll give her other book a chance. I'm trying, I'm looking up right now to see what the other one was that I. She always seems to have these interesting premises, but I have yet to read any of her books. Okay. I feel, and I feel like the last one I've seen has been heavily promoted on is that last good uh, i'm fine and neither are you woman last seen in her 30s i think woman last seen in her 30s no, is that the one i i believe that's the one i took from the library that i flipped through and didn't like but are you thinking of i'm fine and neither are you maybe yeah i i think that's about a marriage i mean they're like you know domestic relationshipy books which i like and they're on the lighter side so I'm, I'll may, I may give, I'm fine and neither are you a look after this one. And if I like that one, maybe I'll go back and revisit woman last seen in her thirties. Cause I, I really didn't give it a fair shake. I, I, I can't even tell you that I have read it. I think I just flipped through it. Right. It wasn't even like a DNF. It just was a like, Oh, this is going back. So, but this one I'm, I'm really liking forever is the worst long time came out in 2017 and um, yeah, 4.1 out of five in Goodreads. So right now I'm reading this book called The Perfect Fraud, which was also on my vacation book list. It's going to be coming out in later on this month. And this was a book, you know, as it was sort of intriguing to me. It's the one that, that I mentioned. It was about a family of professional psychics and, you know, the daughter has been s- sort of faking her psychicness or whatever. Oh, yes. Yeah. She is a fraud and it's about this, how she becomes involved with this mother who has a very sick child. So as I started, it was just like, I, I think I decided to go on and read it because a propulsive debut thriller, two women with dangerous secrets are thrown together by a chance meeting that plunges both their lives into chaos as a sick little girl's fate hangs in the balance. So that is just pure marketing baloney to get you to read this book. It is not a thriller. <laughs> it is not a thriller. The women meet they they cross paths like a third. You have to read a third of the book before they cross paths. And another third of the book goes by before it seems like they will even cross paths again. 
And I was a little resistant to this because of the psychic thing. I'm just like, oh, is this going to be too quirky? But it is actually like I have not been able to put it down. It's a really interesting book. I would say that it's more about family relationships and the mother-daughter dynamic and, you know, what happens what happens with mothers in their childhood or what happens with people in their childhood and how it affects their relationships going forward, the relationships that they form. There is nothing thriller like about it, but it is just, it's just well-written and interesting. Hmm. Like I said, I thought the psychic thing was going to really put me off the quirkiness, the fact that it's set in Sedona. (laughs) It's just like, am I really going to like this? But yeah. So if I was a thriller reader and I picked this up thinking that I'm going to be getting this like really good thriller, then I would, then I would hate this. I would not like it. But it, you know, if, if you're looking for more of a book that is about relationships and people finding themselves, um, it's, it's interesting. And the That's- mother of the daughter is like this mommy blogger. She's kind of, she's kind of wild. So I am interested. I'm like, I have another probably 100 pages that I'll probably finish up. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go. That's the danger of misleading advertising. It could oh, yeah. frustrate people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you want to pick, and it's the perfect fraud, if you really think. Yeah. yeah. And then you get this, <laughs> this story about, relationships and childhood and right all these other things so yeah not a propulsive thriller but pretty good read i read the new wendy walker was so so good oh good it was one of those i was jet lagged and started at midnight and was basically up all night reading it so that is the night before right the night before Yes. Okay. And that, um, that one is about the, a woman who has, she had a troubled childhood. She's come back home to live with her sister in the wake of this devastating breakup that she has had. She's trying to get herself together and put herself out there. And she goes on a date with a gentleman that she has found on this website called findinglove.com or something. She doesn't come home from the date. And her sister, of course, is very worried about her sister and she sets out to find out what happened to her. But you realize that maybe she's not worried for the reasons that you think. I mean, she's definitely concerned about her sister, but she's also very concerned about what her sister might have done to, you know, whoever it was that she met for her date. So Mm. it's told from two perspectives. It is the sister who's gone on the date. She is, you see what happens on her date and you kind of get flashbacks into what happened in her previous relationship that has put her on edge. That sister's name is Laura. And then it's, it picks up with Rosie like the day after when she wakes up at five in the morning and her sister has not come home from this date and she's trying to figure out, you know, what happened to her. So it's told in those alternating perspectives. It was so good, you know, like you just definitely want to see what's going to happen. And it was interesting. I had a feeling who, what might have happened. I had some guesses that proved out to be right, but it, it does not detract from the story at all. She's so good. So I think in my liking her books, 
I've read all of them now. And I really liked, oh gosh, the first one. And then I think this one comes next. And then that's how it ranked them. The first, the third, and then the second. But they're all, they're all good. When I was at Book Expo, I met with our friends at St. Martin's Press and they were talking about Wendy Walker and we were talking about how you are a big fan and they actually sent me this one too. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to read it this summer. Sounds very good. All is not forgotten. That was your first one that you liked. Right. Yep. Which I have that too. And I never read, so I might try to do that as well. <laughs> Get in, catch up on my Wendy Walker. I like her because there is, so, there is suspense there. Like there's a lot of suspense, but I don't know. She manages to keep her suspense all the way through. And I feel like she does a good job of, you know, how some books you read them and they're good and they're suspenseful, but then they just get super thrillery or like thrillery in a way that just doesn't make sense. It's like you're reading this book. It's really good. And then it just completely goes off the rails. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like the farm. (sighs) <sighs> to be discussed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's a little catch up on reading and just a little grounding of us back to reality and present. Yeah. So next uh, time we will get back to our format, which is whatever literary news we've dug up and want to discuss. And uh, we'll have backlist books. will be back. So we haven't just yep. mentioned any of those in a while. And we'll take a look at what's coming out in June. And, you know, I'll see what other BEA questions I have for Gail. And at the end of the month, of course, we have the Farm Book Club. Yeah. And I mean, I think another thing we can talk about is just some of these summer reading lists and what what we're seeing emerging and and what's getting buzz. You know, we picked out the ones we were excited about, but I feel like I've read so many summer reading lists and I'm, you know, seeing the same books coming up a lot. So we can maybe talk about those, too. And I have more books that I have read that are coming out in June and August. I'm really excited about Devotion by Madeline Stevens. I'll talk more about that next time. I read it. It's coming out August 13th. And which, definitely which that again? try to get yourself a copy. Um, that one is about the nanny who goes to work for this couple in New York. Oh, right. Right. She's broke. She gets this job with them. And she sort of develops an obsession with the wife. Right. I think you talked about that. Yeah, I talked about wanting to read it, but I have read it and it was, I really liked it and it was exciting in different ways, but I'll discuss that more next week. All right, good. Well, welcome back. Glad we're back on track and lots of fun things. We've got some fun guests coming on the summer too, which we can talk more about later, but we're excited to record some guests, some guest shows and we have a, a fun summer ahead. So until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.